what we're talking about in this alone time is understanding that you are enough. When you get into a relationship with anyone, you won't feel like lack and you won't feel like you need more. Hey, lovebirds. Today, Brandon G. Alexander from New Age Gents. We talk about the power of being alone, even when you really, really want to be in a relationship. We talk about this over-prevalence of deal breakers in early stage dating and how relationships take work and that they're a beautiful opportunity to work on some of your past wounds and that some of that work has to happen alone as well before a relationship can even take place. I recognize that it's hard to be single. I've been single for a long time. Brandon has been single for a while. We talk about how hard that is. And also, at the end of this episode, stay tuned because I'm launching the Intro to Modern Dating workshop Happens online, starts in January. Get more details at the end of this episode. My name is Sean Galamas, and this is The Love Drive. This isn't going to be really interview format. It's going to be more conversation format. Love it, man. Okay. Brandon, please introduce yourself. (laughs) My name is uh, Brandon G. Alexander. Uh, I'm an actor, founder, creator of New Age Gents, uh, and I'm also the co-host of a new talk show coming out called Men Talking Shift. You've been single for a while. Is that right? Yeah, man. uh, Going on two years now, a little two and a half years I've been single. Um, My last, I guess you could say, serious relationship. Was a couple years ago. Yeah. What's it feel like being single today? Ah, uh, it ebbs and flows. It's a, it it has its highs and it has its lows, right? Um, there's a part of me that's like, whew, I'm dodging the like, you know, I'm dodging the bullet, uh, and I can just kind of move freely and do whatever I need to, and I don't have to do all the relationship things that are required in a relationship. I can just it's just me, uh, and then there's these moments of enjoying sharing life with someone on a very in a very intimate in a very real way uh but then i I don't want to give that to just anybody Mm. so that kind of that falls in that in between of like do you get back into a relationship or do you you know you take your time and you you find someone who you want to give those moments to and share those moments with i really like that you talked about not wanting to just give that up to not wanting to do that with just anybody. Yeah. And I run across a lot of folks that aren't really discerning with who they spend their time with. Mm. That's dangerous. Yeah. We have a finite amount of time and energy and resources, and we should prioritize who we spend our time with. And some people I think really just want to be in relationship. Being in relationship is more important than who they're in relationship with. People are prioritizing the idea uh, over the actual person and process of what that even means to be in relationship with someone. There's a lot of energy exchange in a relationship. And so mm-hmm. we have to be really careful about who we let into our life because we're letting their energy, their experiences, their values influence us to a certain degree. Yeah. And still, some people just really want to be in a relationship. That's just... they. Society seems to value the couple. I do. I often wonder why that is. I think the goal, I think the intention is good, right? The intention is something that I wouldn't take away from what's happening. I think the intention is, you know, uh, we all, the, the, the one uh, thing that we all desire 
right? Or the one thing we we all want in life is love. And the one thing we all um, feel the need for or the want for in life is love. And so relationship is one way to achieve that, right? Mm. Uh, but what I feel is what I feel is missed, and and, and that it, it goes to in other areas of life with the singles of today or the millennials of today is the work, right? The work aspect of okay, well, if I can become an entrepreneur tomorrow, and then I get you know fifty thousand followers, fifty five hundred thousand followers, I don't really have to do a lot of work per se, so I can achieve a thing without actually putting the work in to achieve said thing. So that's what I'm seeing with relationships as well is like. I can have that without doing the actual work it takes to have the thing that I that I solely desire or that I that I believe is such a good thing to have or the thing that I want in life, right? But you're not really putting the work in. I've got a neighbor and I was telling him I have been single for a long time, like 7 years and I'm in a new relationship now and it's fantastic, but at the time I was talking to my neighbor and he was aware of the fact that I wasn't in a relationship. And I said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, I want to be really careful about who I'm in relationship with because relationships require work. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Right. He was like, no, they don't. And I, I just don't know anybody other than that neighbor who doesn't have to put in some work into their relationship to make it connected and intimate and to remove to remove the friction that comes up along the way. And I guess there are some people that don't put any work into their relationship. And I wonder how good is that relationship? And also, I can't judge it because I'm not in it. With the, from the books that I'm reading and the books that, that are out there on relationship, right? I mean, there's the internal work of your personal development uh, within the relationship. And then there's your, then, then there's the work of the relationship and communication. You have two different people from two different walks of life. Like you said earlier, with two different experiences, you're going to not agree on everything. How do you navigate that? That takes work. That shit's not magic. That shit doesn't just fall into place. And it's like, Oh, we found out the formula to how we can have a really, really great, happy relationship because you just nodded yes when I said let's go uh, let's go to let's go have tacos tonight and they really want Italian like that's not how that works uh, hey I'm not in the mood for tacos okay well what are you in the mood for I'm in the mood for Italian well I don't really want Italian like how do you navigate that into to where it doesn't become an argument right and it doesn't come it doesn't become like oh well you're stupid because you want tacos tonight mm -hmm. do you, it's easy to do that to people make them feel belittled or stupid or like they're dumb because of their choice that they're making when they're simply expressing a desire. Mm. But when that desire is to meet your, your internal want that you haven't fully expressed, right? Then you can find yourself in these really, really interesting areas of like, oh, I don't even know if I want to be with this person. Mm. Like how, like how many, I know, I don't know how many, you know, I know so many people who tell me they've broken up with someone over the most minuscule, the most unvaluable, the most like not important thing because they didn't like the TV show someone watched or the way they reacted to something or the way they talked to certain people. Like it, it blows my mind. This just reminds me of this time that I was, I was dating a woman and I walked into her home and she had not quite live, love, laugh painted on her wall, but pretty darn close. And that was almost a deal breaker for me. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? You know that live, love, laugh, like that low, that like motto that people have on pillows and stuff. She had that yeah. on the wall. But I'm like a deal breaker. You got you. You have to break this down for me. I just didn't think I. I just never saw myself with the type of person. And this feels. This sounds bad because I can imagine that there are people that listen to this show that have stuff like that. And if that's the case, I love you all. <laughs> I totally value love, laughter, and living. I just don't feel the need to plaster it on my wall. And so, basically, long story short, that's a block. That's an intimacy block, right? It's me not wanting to get close to someone and looking for a reason to do that. And I also think that it's pretty common nowadays in this new dating landscape where we have millions of people. I mean, you live in LA, you have millions of people at your fingertips on dating apps 
so you can keep looking forever and ever and ever. And if you go on a date with someone and their elbow skin is a little dry, you can be like, I'm out. I'm going to go look for more people. And that prevents us from connecting. Back in the day, in you know whatever, the 1700s, there was like two available people in the village that you lived in. There was like the baker's daughter and the cobbler's daughter. And you picked one and then you lived ha- happily ever after. Honestly, you didn't pick it. That's the crazy part. They picked it for you. This is my daughter. We're giving her away to your son. And then our companies or our businesses are now going to benefit from the resources of our families becoming one. I mean, that that's what's interesting is before they didn't have a choice. Uh, and so, I, I mean, we were talking about the concept of dating, right? That's a fairly new concept uh, in terms of the world. Now, what I find interesting about that is your, uh, your idea of uh, and I, I, I would love to dive more into that uh, choice of a deal breaker because our deal breakers are based on ex- on our own experiences, our upbringing, our, our our view of the world. So, why for you? Uh, what do you think the root of that is, or the root of that deal breaker is for you to say, okay, anyone who's into these like very generic, corny, cheesy, quotable pillows, because uh, that's what they are. I mean, I love you guys too, but they really are pretty cheesy, pretty corny. <laughs> and really, they, I mean, they, they, and these businesses are making bank off of people for just putting up one word, like it's love made out of tinfoil. And you're like, oh my God, I want to pay 30 bucks for that and put it on my wall because I watched Fixer Upper. But what do you think for you was the root of uh, that deal breaker? Status, probably. Oof. Sheesh. That's honesty, buddy. That is honesty. The person doesn't have the kind of status that I want to associate myself with. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, you're really, what you, when you said that, what came up for me is, and now I feel like I'm the one that's going to have this turned on me. Uh, dang, I don't even know if I should say this because uh, I was out with someone and, 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 and they had a particular food and the way they were chewing that particular food really just set me on a different, you know, a different path. And I was like, you're great, but that thing right there, I can't do it. All right. Two things. First of all, is your mic like touching your beard or something? Uh, my sweater. Okay. You need me to move it? Is this yeah. better for you? Yeah. If there's a way for, cause then, cause it translates pretty loudly on my end. Ah, uh, got it. This is for, we're doing this for the, for the people, you know, for the, the live love laughers. <laughs> okay. What was the food? Uh, do I have to say it, Sean? I mean, you don't have to, but it it would be a shame if you didn't. It just would be a dead giveaway. Um, oh man, I really <laughs> I, can't say it. I have no I idea. Can't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Full disclaimer, man. I can't say it. Oh, man. I have no idea what you're talking about because it's a dead giveaway. Oh man. Oh the Fuck. oh the person. The, the, yeah, the food would be um, a dead giveaway of the person. Uh, okay, well, don't do that. Uh, yeah. So w- what about the way they were eating it turned you off? It just kind of came out of nowhere. It was like very loud. It was very like... <sighs> and I was like, what the fuck? Hmm. Are you serious right now? Like, and I get it. Like, I love when women are like, hey, I'm the real me. Like, I'm a messy eater. Like, I get that. I enjoy, you know, you don't, you don't have to be dainty and super like, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, like, your etiquette doesn't have to be on 10, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is there, there are some things like chewing loudly that are just irritations to me because I feel like they're inconsiderate in a sense, right? Some people have a, a real big aversion to that. There's actually some sort of condition where yeah. you're you're actively grossed out by someone's loud eating noises. So you might you might have that. Mm, you've diagnosed me. Here we go, guys. That feels different to me than than me walking in and seeing live love laugh on the wall for some reason. Well, the status thing is where I, where I feel like it, the line is very similar. It may not be the same line, but the line may be the same tint of color. Uh, and that's because let's say we were to go out to a nice dinner, right? Or a business dinner. And mm. she's there with me and she starts chewing. I would, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I would, I would feel some kind of way of like, they're probably noticing it. You'd be embarrassed. 
I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. Now, what's interesting about this particular conversation is, in full transparency, a lot of people who follow my page and follow my content forget that I'm an actual real person. Hmm. So I post the content that speaks to them, that gives them an, it's an ideal and an idea. Now, when it comes to ideas and ideals, that doesn't necessarily mean that is how I show up every second of the day, every day, all day, all week. It's about trying. <laughs> I swear to you, like it's about trying to be better. It's about trying and get making an effort. When I say gentleman by choice, it means I'm a gentleman by choice. And some days I can be an asshole by choice. It's not you. It's not bad to be. Uh, it's not bad. So when people consume so much positive content, I believe they for, they forget sometimes that we're real people and that everyone's going to have real experiences or they have things about them that are they may not uh they not, they may not, they may not believe like they may not believe like oh my god Sean you know didn't want to date a girl because she had live laugh love on her wall that's so shallow or Brandon didn't want to date a girl because of the way she ate that's so shallow in their minds and then they see these very enlightened individuals with their podcasts about love and relationships and masculinity uh and they can't believe that we have a very human side to us oh it's very very possible to be both all right I, i just gotta go i gotta go here go please your brand is new age gents Right. New age yep. gentleman. Yep. We, I reached out to you. I sent you some uh, calendar invite. There was like a mix up on the days, right? Yeah. 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 And then you emailed me and you said, I thought this was scheduled for Tuesday, period. I need Tuesday, period. And I got that and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm listening. This guy calls himself a new age gentleman. And this is the email that I get. Yo, this time doesn't work for me. I need the other time. No. uh, Hey, I'm sorry. It seems like there's a mix up. or I'm wondering if you were available a different day. And I got to tell you, man, it threw me for a loop. Really? Yeah. I had to call a friend. I'd be like, yo, what's up with this? What's up with the situation? Is this... Am I seeing this right? And she was like, "Uh, you probably want to just call the guy. And talk to him because Mm-mm. that shit doesn't translate very well. Sometimes text or email doesn't translate in the way that you want it to. Correct. And who knows what kind of day you were having where that was that was just what you had to do to get the message across that that time wasn't going to work for you. Dude, Sean, whatever you just... For one, thank you for that. Thank you for that... Um, it makes it makes that happen. It makes me breathe because that's that's the big thing for me is that someone will take a moment and they'll think, oh, that's just him, and they don't understand that. Like, because I'm thinking about this email, I'm like, oh my god, that does sound dickish, but I don't remember. I don't remember that. Does that make sense? I know that this last week or the week before, I've been going through a lot of like very very fast transitional things to where I knew I wanted to to get back to you. And like my normal, very articulated way of speaking was not going to be possible, but I had to respond to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, how quickly can I get back to this guy? Okay. You know, so yes, whoever your friend is, if you're listening, this is a thank you for this very beautiful moment because that matters so much to me. And I try to do that with other people. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me view you, right? Let me view you as a person and see, are you having a moment where I'm, I may be misreading this? Doesn't mean I wasn't dickish. Doesn't mean it wasn't an asshole move, right? Not discounting that because it very well was, but it's like, but is he an asshole? Mm. That's where I think people get the thing that the thing mixed up is like, you can be a gentleman and have asshole moments. And I can be the love drive and not always be super loving. Correct. And that's it. From my side, when I record an episode, and this is less for you and more for the people listening, you know, I take an hour and a half to record the thing. I take some time beforehand for research 
and prepping and reaching out. And then there's the editing, which often takes three, four hours. And then there's all the publishing and the promoting. We're talking like eight to 10 hours per episode. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be really careful. We're talking about, you know, who do we let into our life? I have to be really careful about who I make do these interviews with. Correct. Because I'm, I am now investing 10 hours to, to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's my posture. That's where I'm coming from. And yeah. then when I get an email like I got from you, I was like, you know what? I'm not really sure I want to invest 10 hours into this guy. Mm. Because he couldn't take a minute to compose an email that was worded in full sentences with consideration on my, of, of my schedule. Right. Right. Cause my calendars, but I mean, I'm, I'm between coaching and recording and editing the podcast and doing all the, the business stuff. Like it's a full week. And luckily I have a friend that steered me in the right direction and I had time to move our appointment. And we got on the call. And when we got on the call, I had no clue that was even a thing for you. Well, I didn't bring it up because my friend was like, don't bring it up. Don't. <laughs> It's nice to let people off the hook. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I had a very real moment with you. This actually happened with uh, Jason uh, Jason Gaddish, who is uh, the relationship. Uh, he does like the relationship school, the relationship. Um, and he's, he's, he's great. And we did a podcast. And so we had a time thing, right? A time mix up. He's in Boulder, Colorado. I'm in L.A my connection wasn't going through. So he had been sitting, I think, on the call for like two minutes, right? And so mind you, we record, I think he, I think he told me after, because uh, we had a very, very powerful podcast interview, so powerful. And we're, we're close. I mean, he, he's a great guy, but I think he told me afterward, he's like, Brandon, this time thing, you know, I was really upset. I was really pissed because, you know, I've got another podcast coming up. I've got another thing coming up. I think what happened was I had to reschedule on him like the, the, the week prior to that. I had to reschedule. And then I, I think the connection was going through to get to the podcast that we were going to do. And so he tells me this and he's like, but I'm really glad we ended up connecting and having this conversation because uh, of what came out from it. And so I, I, I love these moments of I'm not perfect and I don't always make the right choice. And I'm learning that it, it creates a space and room for people to show up and for me to show up in those moments with people of like you letting me off the hook created a moment, mm. a very real moment that may not have ever happened if you would have been like, all right, no, this, could, this kid couldn't write, you know, he couldn't write me an email back. Cool bet that, hey, you know what, B, actually I'm booked next Tuesday. I'm not going to have another opening. Maybe we can try this again in 2020. Wish you all the best of luck. <laughs> I was so close to sending that email. Right, right. And we wouldn't, you know, when we did talk, I almost didn't want to get off the phone with you, mm. right? Because I was like, oh, I like this guy. Like, I like him, the man, the person, the, the, the who he is and his energy and the way we vibe. Because I think in that sense, we, we are the same way in that way. You know, I have that same thing with other people where I'm like, I, I'm ready to write this person off or tell them no or, or move away from something. And then someone will put something in my ear and that changes the, the, the complete trajectory of what was going to be to something very, very beautiful unfolding. Your email was like the live, love, laugh. <laughs> Seriously. It was, it was, I was about to use it as an excuse not to connect. Wow. Wow. And that's too bad. Because I, I think that actually happens quite a bit in society nowadays and in dating nowadays, right? I mean, we, we were in an early stages of courtship. Very much so. Are we going to invest time together, right? Are we going to invest in this relationship? Wow. And we decided to. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. I hope whoever's listening and, and is single and is out there dating, we were talking about toxicity in our last conversation. And I think a lot of people are mislabeling certain behaviors or or certain behaviors and then saying that whole person is toxic. Someone could have read what I I did uh, in a a dating phase and said, oh, he's a toxic male because he's whatever. And then you no longer even have the, the possibility of getting to know the real me. And I see a lot of women doing that to men 
because they believe they're toxic because they may have a trait that happened. Like, let's say he got really caught up in something, right? And he didn't text back or he didn't call back immediately. Let's say 24 hours because with, with culture today, 24 hours is a month. Um, so let's say he doesn't get back to you in 24 hours and he might post something on social media. Now, all of a sudden, because of what you're reading and what articles are telling you and, and relationship pages are telling you, well, if they don't have enough time to text you back or if they don't have enough time to call you back, then this person is genuinely an asshole or he's a dick or he doesn't deserve your time or whatever, right? So you read the post, it validates your feelings, and now you don't even have the opportunity to let him off the hook. This particular guy, not all guys, but this particular guy who in a moment may have been caught up or something else in life had been happening to where he didn't, he wasn't able to text back or he wasn't able to call back. Now I do understand Sean, this is a very slippery slope for a lot of people <laughs> because they'll say, well, I've let guys off the hook and he ended up being an, I, I get it. it. It happens, but there's a risk that you and I took that sometimes yields in a very beautiful reward. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there. And I think it's important to recognize that you can put yourself out there once or twice as a test to see if this person is going to re-engage or is going to value or prioritize you and connect with you, or are they just really not interested? Right. Because And that that's the hard part. The hard part is figuring out where do I invest my priorities? Where do I invest my time? Right. And sometimes it's worth going one extra step to see, is this person worth it? Are they going to reciprocate? Can I let them off the hook? Or is this really sort of a sunken cost thing? It's, it's, it's not going to materialize. Sometimes I think we cut off before we really know because it's easier to do that than to be vulnerable. Yeah. And to say, hey, I, I didn't hear back from you yesterday, but I still want to get together if you're up for it. Hmm. They might say no. So you might be really bummed about that. And you were you were right. Maybe they weren't interested in that. That was their way of letting you know. They were like ghosting you, kind of. Right. Or they'll say, oh my God, thank you so much. It's been an insane couple days. Something happened to my grandma. And it's all legit, you know? And it's not, these aren't just excuses. These aren't just excuses. Right. Thank you for reaching out again. I do want to see you. Let's make that happen. And do they make it happen? Hmm. Also your microphone is still like doing its thing. Is it? I'm not even, there's no beard. There's no nothing. There's no sweater. It's just there's, free, free. It's just commando it's just, style. Just hanging. No, I, I have it like up by my mouth, but like it's nowhere. My beard is not that big. It's nowhere. <laughs> it's nowhere near my beard. I blame your energetic body then. Ah, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I'm so happy. And I have a question though. Yeah. Go ahead. No, there's nothing we can if if it's our if you're doing everything, then I'm not worried about it. Okay, I guess as a as a a follow up, right, for the people who are listening, after our phone call, so the, the initial moment that rubbed you wrong, after you gave me the chance, how did you feel the communication was after that? Uh, well, it didn't matter anymore because we had established a, a voice connection. So, I mean, I think the connection after that was uh, the communication was fine. You actually sent me a couple of messages unprompted, which was really nice. Actually, I felt valued. You even sent me a message today saying that you were looking forward to our call, and it wasn't a reply to some to my automatic reminders that we have a call coming up. I felt like you were you were saying good morning to me this morning, and I really liked it. That's good stuff, Sean. <laughs> no, I because I, these are you know these are things that that to to hear the moment that you had and who I who I try to show up every day as right, which is that person, which is let me be proactive, let me show Sean that he's valued. Like I, I don't take this lightly, right? Like I don't, I'm not entitled to shit because I have a platform. I'm not entitled to an interview. I'm not entitled to someone saying I love what you're doing. I'm not entitled to any of that. It, it's a privilege. It is a gift. It is. Honestly, I'm mind blown every single day that uh, we are able to do what we do, right? Somebody had an idea and said, let me create this platform called Instagram. And on this platform, you can attract 
up to millions and millions and millions and millions of people, you know, 10 million for, for someone like Will Smith and 50 million for Oprah and whatever the case may be like the, the limits are endless when it comes to this reaching people and souls and lives with a message. And so I don't take this lightly. And I want to also just say that I do value you. I do value your time and I value your your mission and what it is that you what you want to accomplish in the world. Um, and to be a male with this kind of voice and transparency uh, is greatly appreciated. But someone did tell me one time and they said, you know, sometimes the change behavior is the best apology. Mm. As opposed to, you know, apologies are nice, right? Saying I'm sorry is nice and it's never a cop out to say, well, I shouldn't say sorry. But I think the change behavior ended up becoming the apology to something I didn't even know was an issue. Mm. Right, the acknowledgement of this and 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 what we have and what we we're, we're able to build. I mean, this is platonic, right? Um, we may talk about becoming romantic later after this podcast. Nice, but <laughs> but I find it very interesting that we don't really have this much value sometimes in our platonic relationships either. Okay, I have a guy friend that I've now connected with. How much value and time and effort am I going to put into this? Even though I'm not getting sex, even though I'm not taking them out to dinner, even though I'm not whatever, like we're talking now male to male masculine relationships, or even a female friend who's, who's, who's platonic, right? I find it interesting that we're not putting that much value into them as well. Any relationship you don't tend to will eventually die. You got all the quotables today, Sean. That's just what I do. <laughs> I'm a quote machine. <laughs> I just simplify things. Yeah. I just simplify them. Any relationship, you don't tend to it. It's like a garden, you know? And also, I recognize that we only have so much time in a day or in a week or in a year. So we have to prioritize the ones that really, really nurture us and support us and give us energy so that we can have more of it for other people and for the, the greater good, right? Service to others. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what I do. That's what we're here to do. I really, truly believe that we're here to serve others. Yeah. Not above ourselves. We, we need to serve ourselves as well so that we can serve others. So what's that look like for you? That looks like saying no a lot. Hmm. No is my default to partnerships, opportunities, collaboration, invites. Because I know that I have a finite amount of energy and I want to prioritize the relationships in my life that make me feel good, that support me, that build me up, that nurture me, that, you know, people that hold space, people that value me as a person. Because the more love I get and share with those people, the more I have available for others. Hmm. And so I'm intensely protective of my time. Intensely. And this is a great segue because I was single for a long time and I just really, I owned it. Hmm. I wasn't dating because I wanted to be dating. I wasn't dating just because I didn't want to be alone. If I was going on a date with you, it's because I, I thought there was a potential there. There was going to be maybe an opportunity for us to build something interesting. I, I didn't do it because I was bored. When I was bored and I was swiping, I would delete the app because it was the wrong motivation, the wrong intention. If I'm swiping because I'm bored and you're swiping because you're bored and we match, can we even really build something from that intention? Wow. I'm not sure we can. So I value being alone. I think there's a lot of power in it. And we, we sort of touched on this on our first call. How can we be okay being alone? Knowing that inherently we are worthy of love. We don't have to seek it. It will come. And in the meantime, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we date ourselves? How do we get to know ourselves? How can we, how can we love ourselves? Yeah. You do all that and you get really good at that. When someone comes along that sort of that is doing the same thing, that can create a really beautiful union mm -hmm. rather than two people swiping because they're bored. So I'm curious, 
how do you deal with your aloneness? Um, I started journaling two years ago, right after my, right after my, my breakup. Uh, it was pretty devastating actually. Um, there was a third party involved and it just, I blindsided me. I didn't have anywhere for my emotions to go. Um, I didn't know what to do with them. And so a buddy of mine suggested journaling. And so that was kind of the beginning of my alone time. Uh, I felt like I was able to have a dialogue with me, but, but within that dialogue with, with me, uh, little Brandon started showing up. Mm. And when little, little Brandon started showing up, I started to see what all my fears were in my adult relationships that I may try to cover with or protect, right? By, 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 uh, being super articulate or being super well dressed or by, by, by doing certain things to cover, right? And, and I w- w- kind of looked at, well, what is it that he needs? What was it that he's crying out for that? Cause he's not dead. I think that people have that misconception of like, oh, your inner child dies or it's, you, you, you know, you're no longer seven or eight or six. So that person no longer, no, that person still lives inside of you. Those emotions are trapped in your DNA. Uh, those feelings and memories are all inside of you. So I had to look at that and say, okay, well, what does he need? And I found myself doing things that made me happy, but like childlike happy again. Um, and so I, I spent a lot of time outdoors and I'm not talking like, I'm not a big, uh, hiker camper guy just back patio fresh air out of the house do you know what i'm saying like i love that because a lot of people say that's their self-love is like oh i like the outdoors i'm like you're out here climbing in yosemite like that's not me that's not my thing right Uh, i'm very simple in that sense of like let me just feel the breeze in my face let me breathe let me talk to god let a hummingbird fly by and i'm good you know, that's my outdoors, if that makes sense. It's just, I, I don't like to, I don't, I, let me get out of this box. Let me get out of these four walls. Let me get out of the warmth and the stale air of home and let me get outside. Mm. And I found that that was very rejuvenating and very peace bringing to me. And then my dogs, you know, people, some people would ask me, you know, are your dogs a handicap or your dogs emotional support animals? And I honestly can't tell you if they have a label, but they make me happy. And I said, I don't really give a damn what you think they are for me. They make me happy. So I'm going to, I'm going to be around them as much as I possibly can, you know, and the one thing that dogs do is they love literally without condition. There's, they're, they're not like, well, I love him today or I don't love him tomorrow. Every day when I see my dogs, it's like they're seeing me for the first time, every time. And I can't explain to you that feeling because you don't get that from people. You don't get that kind of love that the second you, you let them out to use the restroom or the second you go out there to pet them or the second you sit down next to them or the second you do something with them or the second you look in their eyes, it's always met with love every single time. They just bring me joy. So I found myself taking these things that really, really brought me a lot of happiness and investing a lot of my time into it and not allowing anyone to come in and disrupt it. Even if I really value them, I tell them, I, I need this. If in order for me to be, to be the best for you, friend, romantic, business, I have to do this for me. Because if not, I'm I'm no good to you. I, I'm not. I'll over I'll overgive. I'll over I'll give pieces away of myself that aren't that that I that I have no reserve for in like in in compassion or or forgiveness or love or patience or any of those things. I, I won't be able to. At a certain point, I'll I'll become that asshole by default. Um, so that's what that's what alone time looked like for me, man. Is just really finding out, like, uh, and it may not be the same for everybody, right? Mine is I I consider mine pretty simple, if you will. Like that's really what I need, but that's that's where I got to, and 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 I value it so much. I value it so 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 much. So um. Yeah, man, that's what it, that's what it looks like for me. I like how simple it is. You don't have to go camping. You don't have to climb Yosemite. Just open the back patio door. That's it. Walk outside. You know, like it, it can be accessible. I got my dog six years ago and I'd been single for a while and I was, you know, I was sad. I was lonely. I was taking care of myself and it was still sad because it's sad. 
when you want partnership and you and you can't find it and you're you know you're kind of doing everything you can yeah it's hard to really accept the fact that for right now you're alone right and i went to the spca and i filled out the you know the application form speaking of my dog he's going to drink water now okay everybody can hear it we'll just wait he's going to go back to his bed uh, you know, on the application it said reason for adoption and I wrote companionship. Wow. And I got sad right there in, in the SPCA filling out the application because I was admitting to myself that I really want companionship and now he's coming to me. Thank you. That's very nice of you. But see how they do that? Like <laughs> he felt something in you that was like, dad needs me. And dogs are great at needing to go outside all the time. And they're great at playing. Yeah. They want to play. And they are always in the present moment. Always. For me, the answer has always been to be in the present moment. Because in the present moment, for the most part, everything's fine. It's my future projections that are not fine. Yes. But right now, I mean, I'm, I'm warm, I'm cozy. I'm at home. I'm talking to a smart, awesome man. I've got a dog right here. I've got a little candle lit. Everything's fine. But if I start going, oh, well, you know, I'm single. I'm never going to find anybody. I don't have enough likes on on Instagram. Uh, I'm not going to make enough money this year. I'm, wow. I'm a loser. Well, then everything starts to not be so fine. Right. And it starts to be kind of depressing. And I start to believe those stories that I need more likes and I need more... I need somebody to complete me and to make me happy and all that shit's not true. It's not I think true. two things, two things came up for me when you were saying that. And one is in my, in my acting class and I love this, this mantra and I take it with me everywhere now, but the beauty of being present is understanding that you have enough, you are enough, everything which you right now is enough, right? It's the more mentality or not enough mentality that causes the anxiety and causes these thoughts. Or if you don't have a boyfriend, you think you're not enough of a woman. Or if you don't have a girlfriend, you're not enough of a man. Or if you don't, if you're not having sex all the time, then you know whatever. You're not something, right? But I think for anyone that's single and that's listening, what we're talking about in this alone time is understanding that you are enough, and that. When you understand that, when you get into a relationship with anyone, you won't feel like lack and you won't feel like you need more. Like you won't feel those things because you understand that you are enough. What you bring to the relationship is enough. What Who you are when you show up is enough. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't have to cover. You don't need to um, show your representative. You are enough. And this is for men and women. Um, you know, and I'm sure we talked about this. We have a very female heavy audience on both of our platforms, but this is for any man listening. Understand that you are enough. You know, when it comes to money, when it comes to what kind of car you drive, when it comes to the dumbest things like height. I mean, I know how many guys struggle with this height thing of, you know, well, I'm not tall enough or da 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 da, or she only dates guys that are six foot two. And I'm like, come on, like, come on, guys, like, don't allow that to to stop you from seeing who you are, the beauty and the value you bring, and that a height does not make someone more valuable than you, more special than you, more amazing than you. It's merely um, it's merely what he was born into. It's just what that's what his structure is. That's something that you have no control over, right? But what you do have control over is how are you showing up? What kind of character do you have? What kind of heart do you have? How are you treating people? How are you creating spaces where you can let someone off the hook or you can show compassion, you can show grace, you can have faith and and, and all of that, understand that, that who God created you to be is the most amazing, perfect individual that, that you are meant to be. Mm. That's what you are. That there's nothing I could add to you or take away from you that would make you any less or more perfect. I mean, that, that's who you are. That's who you are. You want to play the change game for the rest of your life or do you just want to accept it and know that it's enough and that 
some people, not all people, some people will love you just the way you are. Just the way you are. You don't have to change a goddamn thing. Correct. And you might want to look at some of your behaviors. 1,000%. (laughs) You're perfect just the way you are, and you could use a little work. Correct. Everybody, you're, you're all perfect, and you could use a little work. Correct. Because if there's no work, then it's over. And I don't believe that it's over. I don't, we, we haven't all gotten there. It, we're, we're both there and we're not there. It's kind of, it's a, it's a conflicting message. It's a, it's everything to me lately is a paradox, right? You, we're, we're all perfect. We don't need any more. We're all deserving right now. And we could be a little bit kinder to ourselves and others. We could be a little bit gentler to ourselves and others. We could be a little bit more loving to ourselves and others. Yeah. I think what you're talking about, and as as we, you said, you brought this up earlier about the flowers in the garden. And then I listened to this thing with Will Smith about love and how his idea of love and, you know, the garden and the flower. But you can be, you're perfect the way you are, but you can, you can look at your behaviors and look at your work. And I just keep seeing like, depending upon how you till some kind of earth or ground will determine how much you're able to yield from what is already there. So if you only do the bare minimum, then you're only going to get the bare minimum reward of crop or whatever the case may be. Mm. The more work and and time and energy you put into how you till and, and fertilize that what is, which is already there, you can actually produce what's limitless and possible in, in, in abundance with that same ground. But if you only do enough, then you only produce enough. But if you do more and you can really see what's what's underneath and, and what's possible, it's been there the whole time. And so I think when Sean is saying this, anyone listening, you know, when you read books or when you go to seminars and when you go to therapy and when you go that, all that's happening is something that's already inside of you is being unearthed. But they may we may have to dig a little deeper to get to it. We may have to pull up a little more dirt to get to it. We may have to pull up some more weeds to get to that thing that already exists inside of you. And so you don't have to do it the way Sean does it. You don't have to do it the way I do it. There's a way that you do it that is unique and specific to you that when you show up in service, when you show up in kindness, when you show up in love, when you show up in compassion, and when you work on those things, your unique way of bringing that to the table and bringing that into a relationship is going to be so profoundly beautiful that no one could replicate it or mimic it because it's, it's how you show up in that in those situations. And then it doesn't matter if you're 5'4", 5'6", 5'8". Doesn't matter. And also, by the way, just as an aside, if you're shorter, it plane rides are so much more comfortable. <laughs> just right? It's yes. Cost and benefit, pluses and minuses. Tall right. people hate planes. They do. They've got their knees in their armpits and it sucks. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. No travel. Not that much travel. So Kind of, we're all unique, and then also we're all fucking the same. We all want the same shit. We all want the same thing. We all want the same thing, and um, we want people to love us. We want to love people. We want connection. We want intimacy. We don't want to get hurt. We want to grow. We want abundance. We want ease, right? Ease, peace of mind, flow, less friction in our life. And we can all get there, to your point, in different ways. Yes. And I 100% agree that the answers are all inside. And a workshop, a seminar, a retreat, therapy, coaching, following Instagram accounts that inspire you, not make you feel bad about yourself. Correct. All that kind of stuff helps peel back the layers to unearth and allow to flower what is already inside you. Mm-hmm. And that is some cheesy shit. That is some live, love, laugh shit. But it's yeah. also true. It is. It's also true. So yeah, whoever says that it's not work, I'm I'm wary of those people. Yeah. Because I think life is hard. And I think it does take work. And I think it takes surrounding yourself with loving people. And being intensely protective of who you let into your life. 
Yeah. Anybody who mistreats me, I don't cut them out. I just don't invite them in. There's definitely, there's a difference there for sure. Yeah. I, no, no, thank you. Hey, do you want to go out? No, thanks. I don't need to tell them why. I don't need to, you know, make them understand. I don't need to change them. I just say no thanks. Yeah. Because it's not my job. Fixing people is not my job. Making them nicer and kinder to me is not my job. There are enough nice, kind people that just do that normally with everybody. Yeah. Those are the people I want in my life in any capacity. Whatever, whatever capacity you're available, if you're nice and kind, sure, come on in. I'd rather be I'd rather be alone than be with people that don't value kindness. Yeah. I will say with that, I, you know, because I, I, I see and, and, and with my following or people I've had conversations with, right, there's a lot of healthy benefits to what you're saying. And then there's the side of it where people will take that and they'll make it into something unhealthy uh, with isolation. And they'll say to themselves, well, you know, no one's treating me right or no one loves me. So I'm just going to be alone. Or I'm not going to, I'm not going to, whatever the case may be, or they'll stay single because they think they're happy or, you know, this is, this is the way to stay safe and protect myself. And I think the thing to take away from what we're saying and, and, and with this conversation is you have to really examine your, your, your behavior, but then how are you, like, how are you viewing people on the outside? Like, is your expectation of how you're, tre- how you're to, supposed to be treated a realistic expectation? Like if you're putting these, like, if someone's putting, um, uh, like, like a really high bar or expectation of someone to show up, but they never even know that that's what, that's what you're wanting. And you, you're setting them up so that you can be disappointed to feed a narrative so that you're like, well, no one loves me. No one shows up for me. It's like, because I know people like that. Mm. That's a really sad narrative of like, you, you're setting everyone up for failure and they don't even know it because they can't read your mind and you won't even tell them what it is you need from them to show up for you. But I think something you do, Sean, and something I do too in my relationships is like, we communicate these expectations or we, or we know what it is that we actually want by how we're treated by, by certain people. And so I think there's a, there's a way to do that, to not just like set people up for failure so that you can feed into this narrative, like playing a victim and, and isolating yourself to just for the, the sake of saying, well, no one, there's no one out there for me. I'll never find love. What you guys are talking about is bullshit. And it's like, no, you've created this reality for yourself. Yes. 100%. None of this stuff applies to everybody. And yeah. th- that's, that's challenging. That also, that's where a trusted professional comes in. Mm-hmm. Who can work with you to see are these patterns healthy? Are you having unrealistic expectations of what you can? Do you have unrealistic expectations of what relationships can provide you? Right. Correct. Because you're right. You could be setting people up for failure all the time. And what yeah. I said earlier was, if you're kind and you respect me, come on in. The reality yeah. is that I have seven thousand Instagram followers, and some of those people, or the people who are listening right now, are going to be like, "Well, I'm nice and I'm kind. Why won't you? <laughs> why won't you have brunch with me?" And the answer is that if I don't know you, I'm I'm unlikely to spend time with you because I just can't. Right. So yeah everything is very nuanced. Yeah. And the advice or these dynamics or what we're talking about, it it applies. It must be applied judiciously to your life. 1000%. Yeah. So for some, for someone who gives too much, then the, the advice to, to give more is wrong. It's not, they're already giving too much. They actually need to give more to themselves, right? They need to say more. They need to say no more. To somebody who says no all the time, the advice that no should be your default is bad advice. Yes should be your default if you're never leaving the house. When someone invites you to a party, you say yes. Mm-hmm. Someone invites me to a party. Well, I'm going to say yes because I like parties and I don't go to them very often. But we can't take all of the quotes and apply them to our life without having giving it some consideration to whether this actually is going to serve me. Yes. I 
no, I, I like, I stand with you. I stand with you in that so heavy. I really, really do. And the reason I brought up the thing earlier about, about being set up for failure, because I've been on that side. I've been the one that was set up for failure. And I was like, why are we always arguing about stuff that I don't even know you're mad about until you're mad about it? And I'm like, this is, this is tough. Like, just tell me, communicate to me before I ever get in a situation where now it's a thing. And I, I remember um, we were, it was about a, a female friend of mine and she was mad because I didn't, I didn't do a certain thing the way she thought I should have done it. And then I went and did the thing that she wanted me to do. And it was mad because I didn't do it on my own. Right. And I was like, what the, f- what you're mad at me. Because you didn't want me to be friends with her. So I cut her off. Now I come back and tell you, hey, this friend's cut off. It's just, well, why didn't you just do it on your own? Wait, what the fuck? How are we now arguing about something that we argued about? But now I did the thing you're asking me about. And we're arguing about that thing. Like, it was this really weird cycle. And I felt like I could never get out of it. So I kept trying to please her in that way of like, she's mad about a thing. Let me do the thing to fix the thing. Now that I fix the thing, she's mad that I didn't fix the thing before, you know, before she ever, you know, like my brain wasn't working that way. It wasn't, it wasn't like, how can, what would make her happy in this moment that may avoid an argument? Like it wasn't working that way. And what I found that in a healthy relationship, people were were coming to me and saying, hey, listen, this is an issue, blah, 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 blah. And, and having a dialogue with me. Right. And I was like, oh, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. This is healthy. This is like what I thought was supposed to be happening, uh, supposed to be happening. And I'm happy now that it is happening because I felt like I was crazy before. I was like, yo, am I doing the right thing? Am I that terrible of a boyfriend? Like I was questioning myself. Mm. And so, um, you know, I think people have to be careful with that. And it was really because of her experiences. And I found this out later. Her, spe- her experiences. She never felt like someone was choosing her. And she just wanted to see that I was choosing her even when she didn't know it. Right? And mind you, this is like a later, you know, debrief, if you will, of situations. I wasn't prepared for that. I was blindsided by all of it to where I got resentful. And I was like, nothing I ever do is good enough for you, ever, ever. And even the stuff that I do without you asking me to do, it's still not good enough for you. Mm. So it, it was just a very interesting situation to, to, to be in. Um, and I, and sadly I've been hearing more and more situations like that from people that, I, that I've had conversations with. I think what people don't realize is the relationships are a beautiful ground for reliving past traumas. <laughs> and allow us, if we have the awareness, they allow us to heal some of these deep core wounds. And so it would have been really amazing for both of you somehow to f- to figure out this thing that came out in the debrief, which is that I feel like no one ever chooses me, right? If that had come out at some point in in the friction phases of your relationship, Mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have been intensely healing, regardless of what would have happened after, whether you would have stayed together or not. It would have been intensely healing for her and for you to know that, no, she doesn't think that you never do it right. It's just that she's conditioned to think that people never choose her. Mm-hmm. And you probably could have worked some some of that trauma out. You could have worked it out together because that's relationships are perfect for that. They're perfect. Yes, we should do work on our own. But relationships just bring it out and they give us an opportunity to explore stuff that's super uncomfortable, that we've been jamming, cramming down and, and you know, trying to hide with sex and food and alcohol and swiping and all sorts of unhealthy behaviors. We're just tapping it all down, hoping that it doesn't come up in some fucking awkward way in a relationship. And it does. It's right. going to keep coming up and we're going to have to work on it. One one bit at a time, and shit will just keep coming up for the rest of your life. But the more work you put into it, eventually the 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 healthier you are. 
Yeah. The healthier you'll be with yourself in relationship with other people. You know, we, we've got a lot of trauma. Yeah. And we can work it out in relationship. And sometimes we can't. Sometimes <laughs> there's, here's the paradox. Sometimes you're with somebody and, and you, you won't be able to work it out with them because they're not the right person to do that with, to do that work with. They're not safe. They won't hold you in the way that you need to be held. They won't be curious in a loving and respectful way because of their traumas. Your traumas don't heal each other. They make it worse. So, fuck. It's hard. It is. Um, but what I found and what I find beautiful in, in all of it, right? Whether it's, it's there's the, you know the paradoxes of it and whatever anything that we've discussed relationships right in a very healthy in a, in a healthy atmosphere they require work they bring out the best in you they show you parts of yourself that you weren't they're the mirror right they're and they're worth it when they're when when you have that with someone and i've had glimpses of it in different situations of like this is the most fulfilling rewarding feeling to have this with someone to be genuinely seen by someone after you've told them your mess and they say i understand i hear you i'm here for you how are you feeling now there's no greater feeling in the world than that feeling and i think it makes everything we've talked about so worth it to do the alone work to be uh, to examine your behaviors, to uh, do the work in the relationship, because nothing, this is all cheesy and cliche, everything we're talking about really at the end of the day, like nothing worth having will come easy, right? And I really, I really hope that for this generation, and that's why I do what I do with New Age Genesis, because I want to show, I want to show people glimpses of what is so rewarding about fatherhood. What is so rewarding about waking up at 3 a.m. because your child has diarrhea? What's so rewarding about, you know, being with your wife, but now she has cancer, uh, and, and, and standing by her side through that kind of sickness and illness and showing people the power of love at the end of the day, will supersede everything we've talked about. But it has to be done in love. It has to be done in love. So that's that's really my hope for this generation is they understand that love surpasses all. Amen. That's a beautiful message, and it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we find you? You guys can find me uh, at New Age Gents, not New Agents. I'm not a real estate agency. Um, <laughs> New Age Gentlemen on Instagram. Uh, New Age Gents on Facebook. Uh, you go to the website, newagegents.com. And uh, if you want a hoodie, gentlemen by choice, for your son, for your husband, uh, you can find us at etsy.com, shop New Age Gents. Mm. What does love mean to you? Uh, to be seen and known deeply without judgment. Ooh. They're all so different and they're all so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. Hey, lovebirds. Thanks for spending this time with me and Brandon G. Alexander. And as promised, the Intro to Modern Dating Workshop starts on January 9th of 2020. Over three Zoom sessions where we will explore the pros and cons of online dating, how and where to meet people, how to approach them, how to deal with rejection, how to set the pace and the frequency of dates, when to get naked, how to bring up sexual health, how to get over your dating-related fears and obstacles. 
and how to have hard conversations early on. This workshop is only $65 until December 15th. That is the early bird pricing. Enrollment ends at the end of the year. And I would be thrilled to have you. This is going to be fun. I am so pumped to be able to offer this. So if you are scared about getting back into dating, or if you are newly single and you don't really have a lot of experience dating, especially in this day and age, I want to help. I really, really want to help. And this is going to be a fun workshop. To sign up, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash modern dating or click the link in these show notes. Have a beautiful week.